Hello, you cheeky little devils. Welcome to the open source. Tom and I are joined by David Thorne, independent consultant, and Alejandro, a technical architect from Acquia. Welcome to the open source, guys. Hi. Nice to see everybody. But we're going to be talking about lots of uh, lots of interesting things, but primarily all themed around uh, mental health. It's a topic that we've covered on the podcast um, a couple of times now. It's one that we like to keep visiting particularly as, you know, nations all over the world are still in various stages of lockdown. And to kick us off with News of the Week. I've got a great article that was featured in The Guardian. And this is, I think, a really well-written piece about silencing your inner critic, a guide to self-compassion in the toughest times. It's about trying to provide your inner being with some balance and some understanding about your own environment and how you're feeling and why you're feeling like that. In a nutshell, don't beat yourself up so much. Dave, Alex, any thoughts or comments on the article? Yeah, the first thing I will say is um, what you are going to hear in the next few minutes is personal opinion, right? If someone is struggling with something like this, this is serious. This is something that you need to talk about. And this is one of the stigmas that we have on, on this kind of... Uh, illness, right? That is difficult to talk about. Yeah, we're we're definitely not doctors, psychiatrists, or therapists of any sort, but um, we're we're all. I would coin it for blokes having a chat about healthy minds. That's certainly our hope. Um, and yeah, I'd, I'd mostly just echo what what Alejandro's just said. Everyone is better off for talking about this. You know, there's a there's a lot of uh, breaking trying to break stigma surrounding mental health at the moment, particularly in the UK. We're, we're near enough a year on from a, a celebrity who, who unfortunately took their own life. And her last tweet on uh, Twitter is just the hashtag be kind, particularly while we're, we're all under lockdown and it's January. So it's dark, it's cold, it's miserable uh, and nobody wants to be at work. We just have to keep that in mind every time we talk to someone and try and be kind and sort of, you know, try and help each other through difficult times. Um, and if you are struggling, seek help. Well, I think one of the other things as well, uh, Dave, you talked about, you know, don't want to be at work. But I think there's also, which is a, a thing that some people struggle with, the, the opposite of that, where when we're all working from home, it's very easy to continue working and keep working. How have you guys been dealing with getting separation from, from work and personal life? So one of the things I've done is I still, quote unquote, commute. I basically sit on the sofa for about 15, 20 minutes, which is roughly what my commute used to be. And I'll listen to podcasts or I will, uh, you know, go, go for a walk around the block. The other thing I've done is, although my office is kind of in, in a sort of a cutout in my bedroom, I have the ability to walk away from my office space at the end of the day. And I think even if you're working from your dining table and hopefully you're, you're in a position where you can at least put the computer away, that way you have at least some separation. You've got that extra step to have to sit and work in the evening. I've been working in Akia for three years and a half. And before even I joined Akia, where I remote, I was also kind of part remote, right? So I was trying to, I was already used to having a habit, right? And my habit, for example, was trying to do what you are saying, go for a commute. Now it's difficult because you wake up early and it's cold, it's cold, it's, it's dark, but you try to push yourself. And maybe the commute means making it later. Just take a break for lunch and, and go to the park and have a walk, right? I've also learned by mistake, like I used to do a lot of listening podcasts 
and it was working for me some years ago, uh, but I don't know if it's because of the lockdown or but I found that instead of relaxing me and moving me outside of work, it was kind of doing what you were saying, Dave, kind of keeping me connected to technology because actually what I was learning or what I was um, doing is uh, listening podcast about technology. And at some point I was working in the park. It's like, I'm not relaxed at all. I'm actually stressed and I don't hear the birds that they, that's why I'm here, right? I've got a good one for you. Um, some, some other people do this. It's not unique, but um, I have two. It's yeah. a luxury, I know, right? What This one is my work one and it's I've just got an old phone that's got a, a second seven quid a month SIM card in it or whatever. But that means that at the end of the workday, I can literally turn that off, put it on my desk here at home and walk away. I, I, I do exactly the same thing. Um, and it was one of the best decisions I ever took. Do you think our industry is particularly hit by by mental health problems? Because I don't think it's unique to our industry, right? But do you think that maybe that is exacerbating, you know, that this is happening in, in our in our industry? I tend to feel like we... The... <laughs> without downplaying it at all, that suddenly it's become sort of on trend a little bit to, to, to raise it. I mean, I mean, even us doing this podcast, we're, we're, we're jumping on the bandwagon a little bit. So in, in, a, in the technology market and the, the, the platforms we have, I, I speak for, for, for us guys that the communities are, are more interconnected and we're able to give each other these tips that we need. Whereas if you are perhaps in a different industry whereby there aren't those platforms or they're not so tech savvy or, or the comms are not as, um, as well digested, then they're in a different place. I was walking the dog and I stopped to speak to somebody about, you know, how they were getting on, socially distanced chat. And, um, and I remember thinking to myself, I don't actually know what I should be saying to this person or should I be even giving them advice, given the fact that I have the luxury of, of all of the comms and all of the you know, intel that I have, am I going to be helping this person? We're in the same storm, but on different boats. This other person so happened to be in the travel industry. And I thought, well, actually, I don't know if they're getting that, that feed that like, like we are about mental health and how to address it. When I was doing research for what became my talk at um, DrupalCon Amsterdam in 2019 on mental health, imposter syndrome and burnout in particular, the tech industry is one of the ones up there that has a very high uh, known instance of burnout and imposter syndrome. But it was very difficult to tell whether that was because we're actually talking about it and other areas aren't. It's difficult to say where we sit, but we're definitely up there. But I also think we're taking hugely positive steps moving forward because we are talking about it. We do have the tools that allow us to talk about it. Lockdown drinks is not necessarily as, as popular as it was back in March, but a lot of people are still doing weekly talks and, and sort of any subject but work. Talking is super important. You're mentioning that, Dave, and... And you were mentioning as well about be kind, right? And when we are in the work environment, a lot of the time we forget about saying thank you, you know, and saying, hey, I, li I, I like what you did here. That has made a difference for the project or for me or for my work or whatever, right? Maybe if you are struggling, it's even more difficult because you are struggling and you don't want to feel like you are weak. It's difficult to talk about this, right? 
and I don't know if it's because I'm Spanish or and I like to talk and I like to express what, but I normally try to reach, you know, to my project managers or to my colleagues and try to to find on one side if what I'm doing is, you know, what is expected, and but on the other side, just uh, the same, like be kind, like uh, I think you're doing a good job, right? When the whole lockdown thing started and um, Tom and I started doing this podcast and um, and there was a, a chat we had about re-articulating messages. One of the things that, that struck me was, you know, when we're, re- when we're articulating a message, now what seems to be happening is I think people are considering other people's circumstances and their feelings towards people. So, for example, in a workplace, let's not beat about the bush, people do slag off other people. And they do say, this person's useless, this person isn't doing their job. And we'll, we'll make cast dispersions till uh, for no end. And I do it, I know I do it, and, I, and a number of other people do it. And I think a lot of people now are starting to think, hang on a minute, <laughs> are, is this person going through something? And therefore, when I'm articulating a message, I should be kinder, I should start to dig into where you can add or help that person rather than look at their flaws or... I think one of the other things talking about, you know, how we communicate is that we've lost that whole channel of informal communication for those of us who used to work in an office more. Some of that's moving onto Slack or into social media. Some of that's creeping into what would have maybe been more formal meetings previously, not necessarily because they were formal and stiff in their tone, but more because they were uh, purely to discuss the task because you had the social time um, while you were stood outside waiting for the meeting. Yeah, the coffee, the, the coffee machine. Uh, the coffee machine, all of those things, right? And um, so coming back to your point, James, when you lose that, so, that kind of social channel, it, I think it also becomes easier to to jest about other people's ability mm. and so on and so forth in perhaps a more formal setting where you don't consider who might be listening. So I think being kind, thinking about what you're saying in a virtual environment is almost exactly the same as on social media. I, th- I think it's, it's completely necessary. I mean, I've been fully remote contractor for at least the last four years now, but I deliberately went out and got an office in a sort of a serviced office place, just so I could see people, because even the most introverted of people need to see people occasionally. So it's not a replacement for what we used to have in the office, even if we were committing once a week or a month, like it was my, it was my case. I was talking to a colleague just last week, and we had a 30 minutes slot to talk about work, and we ended up talking one hour. And we were actually missing that because... You know, when you are in Zoom, Skype, you just jump into the point. Maybe you have a two-minute introduction, how things, blah, blah, and you jump to work. And you end up, at the end of the day, having a lot of conversations that are just, I wouldn't say meaningful because they are work, but they don't give you what you will be having in the office, right? The human communication that we are missing. Rewinding a bit to the imposter syndrome aspect of things, do you think that that's more prevalent now because of the remote situation. Yes. Just before we stray too far away from it as well, just to make sure everyone's on the same page. Dave, could you give us your definition of imposter syndrome? So to me, imposter syndrome is that feeling that you are an imposter, that feeling you don't belong. Whatever you do or whatever you say is not good enough. I have to work harder to make up for the fact that I'm you know, not good enough. 
that's where I get tired and burn out making mistakes because I'm tired, which then further fuels the imposter syndrome. I'm just thinking about Tom and I right now. <laughs> when we've, when we've but you've got the lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've, we've, got, we've got some escapism, but like when we've spoken to people like Omar, um, super, super smart people like Dries and Omar, and I have to take everything back to a macro level where I understand it so that I don't feel completely inadequate and I don't feel like I'm, I'm, I'm out of my depth. Mm. I'm out of my depth nearly all the time, but because I know that and I can, and I can accept that I can start to bring things back to how I understand them. And when we did the Drupal episode, Tom, I think that's what I was trying to do. I was thinking, well, how does this relate to something in my mind? And probably subconsciously that was to make me feel better. Like that in itself is a form of imposter syndrome. Right. Because you're, you're constantly having to think, well, I need to understand this and that's fine. And needing to understand it is not imposter syndrome. You know, everyone's new to something at some point. But the, the, the key difference is, are you thinking, I don't understand this because I'm not good enough to understand it. I'm not intelligent enough. You know, I'm talking with Dries or I'm talking with, you know, someone with a PhD in, in astrophysics about astrophysics. Actually, you're then sort of questioning yourself. Yeah. If you're not in a particularly positive frame of mind that day, just start reinforcing, well, am I good enough? Am I really, should I really be having this conversation? You know, so actually what you're describing is, is a form of imposter syndrome. Interesting. The way I like to see this is, uh, I can share the screen if that helps. Uh, there is this graph which shows what you know and what I think others know, right? Because this is super helpful in terms of, you know, this imposter syndrome where I think that everyone knows a lot more than me, but actually what is happening is that I'm probably quite good at some specific knowledge, right? But that mm -hmm. doesn't mean that, you know, it's, it's not saying anything wrong about myself. I think the way that I like to think about it is everyone's got their mastermind specialist subject and it, it could be about something completely pointless. And I think it's about just feeling confident in your specialist subject. As we sort of come to the end, one of the things that I was thinking of doing, James, I don't know what you think, but I was thinking maybe we should do things I'm looking forward to in 2021. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. It's better than New Year's resolutions, isn't it? Yeah. That's so old hat. That's so 2020. Yeah. <laughs> so things I'm looking forward to in 2021. Um, I was going to say top one, but I don't know if I can narrow it down to that. So I'm going to say top three. Uh, number one, spending more time with friends and family. Sorry, it was an easy one, but low-hanging fruit. Number two, being able to travel a little bit more, both for work and pleasure. And number three, I can't wait for the golf course to open again. I know that's boring, but that's my that's my way to relax. Dave, what about you? Top three, things you're looking forward to in 2021? I think all of us are going to, to use the seeing friends and family. Um, I, think, I think that's that's kind of a given after 2020. I was put on some new medication for health problems I've got last year, and I'm really looking forward to continuing to see the improvements I'm, I'm having for that over this year. And also new challenges and new opportunities. Yeah, Alejandro, what about yourself? Uh, yeah, I think it won't be much different for me. I, I'm looking forward to see my family. I haven't seen them in a year and a half, right? And also do more exercise because this skateboard here has been more uh, a door stop yes. than <laughs> because of the weather here. It's like we, we're, nothing stops us going... Uh, doing a sport but the weather and the other thing i was looking for is i got this ukulele i still need to learn to play so maybe you've yeah. got ukulele there seems to be a theme here of people getting ukuleles i got one over the lockdown <laughs> wow amazing the next open source will be um, yeah playing our ukuleles 
James, your top three. Oh, yeah, there's me. So, uh, well, it's an easy one for me. Um, I'm looking forward to going back to the gym. I'm looking forward to um, taking my daughter to school. She starts school this year. And the final thing, which might surprise you, is I'm very much looking forward to, for cinemas to reopen. I feel as if that whole atmosphere is something that everybody's kind of missing a little bit, that kind of event of going to the cinema and seeing a film on the big screen. And then just before we close, we've got a fifth guest this week. I was going to say, yes, if you heard any noises during the podcast, it was this little <laughs> oh, no, there's, there's a dog on his snoring, snoring, like she does a lot of noise snoring. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Alejandro, for visiting us today. It's been wonderful to spend some time with you. And um, yeah, wishing everybody a wonderful 2021. Thank you, everyone. Thank Thanks, you very much. Guys. Thanks, guys. Thank you.